Thank you guys for tuning with us again to our weekly podcast, Setting Our Thoughts Captive. I'm Chitiz. I'm Dejuan. And we welcome you back to our another episode where we look into different topics, different events, different things. And we attempt to look at it uh, with the lens of scripture. And I hope that uh, this podcast is has been a blessing to you too, just as it has been to us. Today we want to talk about a topic that is a bit sensitive. It's it's uh, it's something that I think everyone struggles with at some point uh, when you do life, when you um, grow as an adult, and it's something that everyone deals with at certain point of their life. And and we want to talk about what it is and how to deal with it uh, in a God honoring manner. Uh, the word is anxiety. Oh. Are you an anxious person, this one? Um, I can be. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. What about you? I, I I get anxious on some things, especially uh, things that I value. And when there's a threat towards that, like I'll just give you an example, right? I just opened the pool and it took a lot of effort to open the pool. And now even if I see a little bit of dirt, it gets me anxious sometimes because <laughs> a lot of effort had been done to open that pool. Mm. Sometimes even small things like that gets me anxious. But then there's also big things that gets me anxious, right? Sometimes I like looking about finances and where what the future is going to be or look at the ministry and what the future is going to be. Things that I have no control for. And mm. and I, w- I want to see what the future looks like. And those things get me anxious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's... Uh, it, can be, it can come from uh, a lot of different areas. It can come from dealing with something with my kids. It can come with dealing with something um, with, you know, finances or um, maybe some certain issues in, in marriage or mm. certain issues just with family or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we want to look at what the Bible tells about anxiety. And and if, if anxiety is an issue, then how do we overcome it what steps can we take to overcome it or how do we uh take it to god so uh first thing is um defining anxiety is it a sin or not is worry a sin or not um is worry a sin or not um well i know we're not supposed to worry yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it can become sin. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, but before we before we do that, like, what is anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety. I think. I think uh, when I think about it, if there is a threat to something that you value. From any external circumstance, any situation, whatever it is, the negative feeling that comes to your mind could be anxiety. Yeah. So, so, for example, if a 
if I see a snake in this room right now, <laughs> you know, I I'll know that it's gonna be a threat to my life. That that will give me anxiety. That'll give me. That'll make me worried. That's just a small example. Well, in that case, is it sin then? What's that? That's <laughs> why I'm a, I I don't think that's a sin because that that will lead me to worry and it's going to lead me to fulfill my responsibility, which is if I see a snake now, my responsibility is to run. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's going to help me fulfill my responsibility. So sometimes, uh, that's why like, I, I, I want to say like a good anxiety is not a sin. So there's good anxiety and bad and anxiety. And bad anxiety. And and when we look at the scripture wise, I mean I'm looking at Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And he was he was troubled in his heart and mm. he was anxious for what was going to happen because he knew he was going to go to cross and he knew the consequence of what that meant for him, especially with his relationship to the Father in heaven. And mm. and that got that led him to an anxious moment. But I love how Jesus responded to that. And it's in Luke chapter 22. I'm going to read that real quick. Um. Yeah, while you are pulling that up, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good point. You know, when we, when we think about anxiety, especially as Christians, you know, we have the tendency to try to say like, oh, we, as a Christian and in our walk, we should never experience anxiety. Mm. Um, and I just, I know that's not true because, uh, there's at least two instances and here, you know, here's another instance that you're going to bring up, uh, where you're, where we see in the Bible, this dealing with anxiety. And I think it's very, very, um, poignant that you're going to use this example, uh, because as we follow the path of Christ, as we as followers of Christ, mm-hmm. seeing how Christ dealt with anxiety, um, that should give us encouragement in our walk to know that, uh, one, that this is something that Christ himself experienced. Right. Uh, but two, also the proper way to think about it and handle it and, you know, right. just proceed forth. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, right, I mean, it's not only how Christ experienced it, but also how he responded to it. And so in that anxious moment in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Christ concludes that whole uh, experience by saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So even in that moment, Christ is able to see the role of God in in that anxious moment. And I think I think that that's key when we deal with anxiety. Now, now I'm not uh, pause here, and you know there are certain times when a certain threat to our life makes us anxious. Like I give you the example of snake, or there are times when a medical illness can make you anxious too. There's some things called like anxious disorder or something like that. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about anxiety, which becomes a sin when we let those negative feelings take stronghold in our life, and we do not see the role of God in it. Mm. And I feel, I feel like the moments when people live in constant fear of, of worry or constant fear of anxiety without seeing the sovereignty of God in it, and I think that's when anxiety becomes a sin. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, so like right now, here it is, 2020. <laughs> 
there's just a lot of craziness happening, right? Yeah. Especially in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people rioting, mm-hmm. people calling for um, defunding the police, yeah. um, which, you know, no police to protect us. Uh, there can be anarchy and yeah. even more chaos. There will be more anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so you got that. Then you got um, the coronavirus that's, um, you know, a pandemic yeah. all over the world. Right. Um, but, you know, again, in the U.S., we got the 2020 election coming up. And I know that makes a lot of people anxious right? Uh, as far as the future um, of the United States and what that means. So there's, uh, and you know, I, there's so much anxiety that's going on right now in mm. the world. Uh, but specifically as Americans, a lot of Americans are experiencing anxiety um, because they're uneasy, right? Yeah. They're worried about the pandemic. They're worried about their jobs. Yeah. They're worried about their children. They're worried about school. It's the fear, right, that leads... Yeah, I mean, there's just so many different things that they're worried about. And uh, I think, you know, one of the things that you said that is the right way to view anxiety, because here it is, like we, we're going we're gonna to look into scripture more and see different places where anxiety is or is addressed at least. And we as Christians can still experience worry, experience uneasiness, experience uh, these different things that we're unsure about. But how we deal with it determines whether it becomes sin um, and whether we conquer uh, our anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, I mean, like we are living in a time where people are very anxious about things. And 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 again, like like when we forget the role of God in middle of our trials, it, it makes sense that we anxious it makes sense that if an unbeliever is anxious in these times right? when we look at the pandemic happening when we look at like the future looks so vague right now for so many people and it, when we if you're not a believer it makes sense that your future the fear of what future is going to be like will make you anxious yeah and just to just to you know add some clarity to the talk let's just clearly define anxiety and this is mm. this is just going to be a generic um, yeah. definition um, that i looked up on the internet okay yeah. so anxiety a feeling of worry nervousness or or unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome mm. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, mm-hmm. typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Right. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Right. Anxiety. Absolutely. It's like it's like thinking of something that we desire and we think about the worst case scenario in our mind, and we freak out about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think knowing this as a definition will help lend well to us explaining. Um, God's sovereignty and mm-hmm. seeing God in our situation, mm-hmm. especially when it talks about an imminent event. So something is coming. You can't stop this event from happening. It's right. coming. Yeah. Or you're just uncertain about an outcome. Um, you know, a, a situation will end a certain way and you don't know how it's going to, what's going to be the outcome. So that can be uh, you know, if you're a student, that can be with grades and mm-hmm. uh, a job at the end of your 
uh, schooling. If you're a parent, it can be about what's going to happen with your kid. If you're if you're a single adult, it could are, are not single. It could be about health. Like you've just got a bad diagnosis, yeah. dealing with cancer or dealing with some other type of illness, and you're worried about the outcome. Mm. Um, you could have been an experienced a bad accident right. and now your life is dramatically affected by this right. and you don't know what life is going to look like now yeah uh, so anxiety can come from a million different ways absolutely that's various ways so 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 we define what anxiety is and we're talking about one certain kind of anxiety right where where people are anxious about things that are, are uncertain about the future and stuff so why is it living in constant anxiety and worry like this a sin according to the scripture and so let's let's try to think about like why is living in a constant anxiety a sin um well i think the the first the first key thing in the in the the root of it is where god is mm. and and what i mean by that is where do you see god in your situation yeah um if god is off in the distance god is not there god is not present god doesn't care um i can see how anxiety um will overwhelm you right and lead you to be angry at God, lead you to make some poor decisions, um, or even, you know, where you want to turn your back on God. Mm. And in some shape or form, I, as Christians, like I said, we all have experienced anxiety. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've experienced anxiety. But I think when anxiety is leading you to that place of sin, God is small in your life. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, uh, why is it a sin? And I think you kind of mentioned it too, like where is God? But I'll also add to that, what do you know about God? Because a low view of God will lead you towards a troubled life when those trials do come. So it also depends on what you know about God. And not about what you feel about who God is, but what you know about the God of the Bible. Like, do you know that he is an all-sovereign ruler of all things? Mm-hmm. And, and the, a lot of times believers freak out in the middle of a pandemic like this is because they forget what they know about God. And the more we grow in his knowledge through his word, we, we get to learn about like all the promises that he has made. We get to know about his character, his attribute, that he's a, he's a God who is in control of all things. Like nothing happens without him allowing it. And, and all things are working together for the good of the church. And he's fulfilling his purpose by, by bringing his glory in, in future. And so all these things, when we know about who God is, will help us to comfort our hurt in the middle of trial. And so I feel like a person who, a believer who is living in constant anxiety and worry is living a sinful life because you're living as though God does not exist. And I think it comes from like what you said, like you've, where is God in this? And it's almost like God does not exist. And as if you don't know that God is all sovereign ruler of all. Yeah. 
Um, when it, in my own life, when I think about anxiety, that's what I see. I see me forgetting who God is. Hmm. Um, and I think us as Christians, we always have to, when we get out there and we forget who we are, we forget who God is. And I like, the, I like how you said, not what we feel, right? It's not, a, it's not based upon feeling, uh, but it's based upon God's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we forget who God is and we forget um, what he has said and we find ourselves somewhere out where we shouldn't be, we need to refocus. And that's always the struggle. Um, you know, to not lose sight of Christ, to keep our eyes fixed upon Christ in our walk. Uh, so, and that comes in two ways, right? It can, you know, it can definitely come from anxiety and, and worry about certain things, but it can also, to show you how tricky it is, it can also come from when we're not worried about anything, mm. you know, when we lose focus on Christ. Yeah. So things can be going good and yeah. and all of these things happen that's happening in our favor and we're, we're grateful and we're happy and we're joyous about these different things. And that's good, but then because it's it's been going on for a while, we start to lose focus right. and our trust mm-hmm. in Christ. And we think, oh, look what I did. Right. Oh, man, I'm so glad I did this. I'm so smart. I'm so this and I'm so that. And before we know it, things are still going good, but we've lost focus of Christ. And then all of a sudden, something goes wrong. Right. And we're like, we don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and from there, it's again, we have to shift our focus back to Christ. Yeah. And usually when that does happen, because God is a good God and he disciplines us, mm-hmm. we learn to bring our focus back to him. Right. You know, but it's so easy. It's so easy when things are going good to lose focus mm-hmm. and when things are going bad to lose focus. Yeah. And so either extreme, we have to maintain our focus of who mm-hmm. God is and remember the truth of his word. Absolutely. And that's, that's very well put because because I've noticed that, you know, when we do lose focus of God, especially when things are going well, and then that storm comes in our life, right? We become spiritually unstable because we have low view of God at that time, mm. right? And, and then it kind of leads us to all kinds of instability when suffering comes. We're vulnerable to all kinds of temptations. And, and it's... And and like you mentioned, right, I mean, the goal here is we need to build our strength on the foundation of what the Bible says about who God is. And we have to look at the truth. We have to grow in his knowledge. And that's why it's being in God's word daily is so key for for the safeguard of our heart and mind. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think if we talk about anxiety, we can it can become a conversation where it's just a lofty conversation where it's all, you know, in the air and there's nothing practical. I think, I think we should definitely talk about practical ways to approach anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I think you just gave the first one right there. Um, be I, in the word. Be in the word, mm-hmm. right? Um, and by that, I think it's studying God's word, but it's also meditating mm-hmm. on God's word. So mm-hmm. you you read and study it. But let your thoughts be filled with the words of yeah. God. So meditate on God's word and also on his promises. 
The Bible so, is filled with promises. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for the person out there who thinks they're all alone, yeah. uh, as a Christian, you should remember God's promise that yeah. he will never leave you mm -hmm. nor forsake you. Right. You are not alone. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So there's also, there's so many promises from God yeah. in the Bible, but do you know them? Right. Can, can we highlight some of the promises, especially when it comes to anxiety? Like what, what comes on top of our head when we think about like the promises? Like I'm thinking about, right, I'm trials and temptations. I'm thinking about like First Corinthians 10, 13, where he says that even in our trials and temptations, he will give us strength to endure trials and escape temptations. Mm. That's such a great promise. I'm thinking about Romans 8, 28, right? All things are going to work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, or as, you know, a Christian that's, that's truly a Christian that's, that's doubting your salvation. Mm. Um, I think of in Ephesians how we've been sealed with the promise. We've been sealed by his Holy Spirit. Mm. Our salvation is secure in Christ because of the work that Christ has done. Right. Um, you see that, you know, a good example of that is the denial of Christ by Peter. Yeah. You know. God, Christ told him that the devil wanted to sift him like wheat, but I prayed for you, Peter. Right. And even when Peter's faith was at its lowest point where he denied knowing Christ, right. here it is. He's still saved because of what Christ has done. Your salvation is secure in Christ. Yeah. There's so many promises, promises. of God. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, we can read Psalms and see how, God promises to be our comfort and strength in the middle of our suffering. I'm looking at like Paul who suffered so much, but he counts it all light momentary affliction. I mean, the amount that Paul suffered is, is beyond any of us has suffered. And this guy calls it all light momentary affliction compared to eternity with God. And, and when we read those verses, all the promises that God has made in the scripture, it should lead us to not be anxious, but thankfully pray to God and submit to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So read God's word, meditate on God's word and his promises. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, mm -hmm. but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Yeah. Um, and so you can't live this life without knowing what God says. Another thing to add to that is in Romans, Romans 12, um, where it says, be not conformed to this world, mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, you won't know what God's will is in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your suffering. And by the way, suffering is part of God's will yeah. for you. Uh, but you won't know that it is God's will if you can't remember right. his word. If your mind is not transformed, mm -hmm. if it's not renewed by what he says, not by what the world says, mm -hmm. not by what your feeling says, um, or by what your circumstances seem to convey, uh, we live by the word of God. And so Absolutely. to deal with anxiety, you must meditate, read, study God's word mm -hmm. and his promises. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I think that we can do practically to approach anxiety is be thankful. Mm. 
thank God and praise God. Yeah. Um, you know, when we when we go through struggles, when we, um, you know, we're so focused on what we don't have, we forget the goodness of mm -hmm. God. And I think a thankful heart is a happy heart, as it said in Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say about that? I, I, th I think that's a great. Um, that's the attitude that we ought to have. And and you're right. I mean, you no. Know, oftentimes we forget. Uh, what we have, and we just focus on what we don't have. But but what we have is so much more than what we don't have in the middle of anxiety, especially for believers, right? We have a Savior who died on the cross for us so that we can have union with Him. We can have eternal relationship with Him. Our eternity is secured with Him. We have so much more on what we have on that side than on the side what we don't have. But we focus so much on this temporary what we don't have and we forget about the eternity what we have. And, and when we constantly remind ourselves of the wonderful works of God that he has done in our lives, in our salvation, in our sanctification, and, and the works that he's going to do in our glorification, how can we not have a thankful heart even in the middle of a trial? Right? And that's why I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Paul who is in the prison and who is writing the book of Philippians full of rejoicing. And it's because, it's because he's thankful in his heart, not because of a circumstance, because his circumstance does not seem to be favorable. He's in the prison, but because of what Christ has done for him. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes we're not thankful because we don't remember or remind ourselves of what Christ has done. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I want to read uh, Ephesians 5 um, and verse 15, starting at verse 15. Uh, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Hmm. And the only way you can do that is by knowing what God's word says. Okay. Uh, and, and it gives you more right here. It says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How do you know the Lord's will? It's through his word. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I hear everything, I also think of suffering. Yeah. Uh, suffering is a gift. We don't see it that way. Right. And uh, in the in the midst of the struggle, it's hard to see it as a gift. But through your through your suffering, you come to know Christ more. Absolutely. Um, you come to know who God is more and understand uh, that even though you go through the suffering, that suffering is helping you to become more like Christ uh, and building your knowledge and trust in Him. Um, here's a here's a uh, here's another promise. Um, that I think of in the midst of our struggles. Uh, it's in Psalms, uh, Psalm 56, and it's verse 8. Uh, listen to this. It says, You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Let me just read another version for you. Uh, you have kept track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Every single trial, every single suffering, every single tear you have shed, 
God knows it. God keeps every single tear. Yeah. Um, so in the midst of your struggle, you are not alone. Yeah. God keeps record of every single thing. Mm-hmm. And and he understands it. I mean, Hebrews 2 also that, you know, Jesus has faced all the temptations and he sympathizes with us. And I love how Paul uh, writes in Philippians 129, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him. Now, this is something that we heartfully accept as gift, right? But right there after that, he says, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Mm-hmm. So they have both been granted to us as a gift. Mm-hmm. And why is suffering a gift? Although in the midst of suffering, we might not see it as a gift, but it's a gift because it is refining us and really grow. It is, it is helping us to grow in our faith, in our dependence upon God, in our reliance upon God. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like uh, James 1, 2, where it says, count it all joy in your suffering because it is making you, it's making you perfect. It is making you more like Christ through suffering. All right. And isn't that the goal? Yeah. You know, I mean, preaching the gospel and all of oh, and all of that is, you know, making disciples, that's part of the goal. But in, in terms of your own personal walk, your own relationship with, with Christ, isn't the goal to become more like him? Christ, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. and the, so we have that. And... Uh, I guess, you know, another thing that I want to think about or just touch on, um, and I'm sure you would have touched on this too, um, is Matthew 6, right? Yeah. So here it is. Jesus is talking about not worrying, right, about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear. And he says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Is, isn't there more than just these uh, things that help our flesh feel more mm-hmm. comfortable? Yeah. Um, and then he says, look at the birds, which I always, I always thought that was just odd, right? Why go from that then to mentioning nature? Why mention mm-hmm. nature, right? Why mention birds? And why mention the grass and all of these different things? But it's to, it's to show us how these things are taken care of. Right. How God sustains them. God sustains those things, mm-hmm. yet we are more valuable than mm-hmm. those things. There's that compare and contrast. Both are taken care of. We're both, yeah. both of our needs are met. But the contrast comes with seeing the value of those things compared to us as his children. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like... Uh, and that particular verse, um, Martin Luther used to say that, you know, my favorite preacher are birds because when he looked at them and how God sustained them, it kind of comforted him on God's care for his children. Yeah. Because if God can take care of, like, God can sustain this earth and every micro and macro details of this earth for his glory. I mean, he's, how more is he going to sustain us, his children, yeah. his chosen ones? In Matthew, in Matthew 6, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then if you jump down to um, 
verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And then listen to this part. You of little Little faith. You know, we mentioned earlier in our in our conversation about God is small. God is is your view of God is low. And I think here it is. We see it addressed right here. Little faith. We're you're forgetting how sovereign God is, how how big God is. Your focus on God is is very, very small. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's when that that worry creeps in. And then right after he says, you of little faith, he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And then when you said, you know, the verse 32 makes me think of where the sin creeps in. Right. Because we're living as if God doesn't exist. And Mm -hmm. it says right here where the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Yeah. Why? Why? Why bring pagans in? Why? Why bring unbelievers in? Right. To this conversation, when we worry and forget who God is, we are mm-hmm. living like an unbeliever. Absolutely. So, verse thirty-three. Here's the cure. But seek first His kingdom mm. and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't seek after the clothes. Don't seek after the food. Obviously, you live, you want to live a life where um, just to balance it, because I feel like we always have to balance it. Um, You know, if you have money to pay for food, you don't take your money and waste it. Right. You don't take the resources that God has given you and waste those things. Be good stewards of what God has given you. Absolutely. And also, also like God, uh, God has given us the command to work and toil, right? So this also does not take away from, like, you know, not working and just, like, waiting for God to fulfill our needs. He has, because it's a result of sin that we ought to work and, and labor for what we have. And Well, just to be clear, it's work was there before the fall. Before, yeah. It's just going to be hard. Harder. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> of the fall. Work, I, even when you don't like it, it's going to be hard because your heart won't desire it. Or you won't want to, but, but it, is, it is that we ought to work. But just to, just to like, like you mentioned, because you're, cry, you're balancing that away, I just wanted to throw that away yeah. too. But yeah, continue. So, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Seek him first and to live a holy life. And all these things will be added unto you. So this is Christ speaking. And obviously the whole Bible is Christ speaking. But here he specifically is addressing worry. We saw worry Mm -hmm. or anxiety in his own life Mm -hmm. right before the cross. And he remembered to say, not my will, but your will, Mm -hmm. Lord. And the same, we have to have that same approach and that same mindset in our own life. Things get taken. God gives, God takes, but in the midst of all of those things, we should still be saying, not my will, but your will. It's just like I read in Ephesians, knowing what the will of the Lord is. Can you say, just like Paul said, I'm in prison, but it's God's will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All for the glory of God. Absolutely. And that particular, like, you know, seek his kingdom kind of helps me think also, like, you know, how, what is our priority? 
-hmm. Is our priority a spiritual life or is our priority just getting those uh, material things and working and making more money and making more money? And I especially like think about people that are so anxious in our state of Michigan because I've, I've lived in three different states and I've never seen people so busy working than any other state than in Michigan state. For some reason, people You've been here. In New York. What's that? You've been to New York, man. Uh, yeah, but New York, but yeah, but I haven't lived in New York as much. But yeah, you're right. I mean, New York might be there too. But but somehow, I feel like people in Michigan they just fill their time with work. And 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 I'm not I'm not I commend their hard work, but at the same time, where are you leaving time for your spiritual life? And how important is your spiritual life? And what are you working all that for? Yeah, you may have nice car, uh, vacation house in UP, and you know RV and all that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling out against your riches, but for what? And and you, if if it's if it's hindering your spiritual life, what good is that? Yeah. And 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 you know when those things are gonna be taken away. That's when you're going to be the most anxious because you have prioritized those things rather than Christ. Yeah. Right before Christ goes into this whole talk about worrying, right before that, he addresses uh, your treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, In verse 19 of the same chapter, chapter 6 of Matthew, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be mm. also. And if your treasure is in these things of this world, if your treasure um, is outside of Christ, um, really, you're going to be devastated if you lose that. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, and and I think that's also part of the suffering process where Christ is helping us to fix our eyes on him. And that's why suffering is also a gift. gift. It's because not only do we get to participate in the same things as Christ and be identified with the suffering of Christ, uh, but also it's God's loving way of stripping us of these things that um, are warring in us. You know, I... Uh, I, I mentioned Romans 12, uh, but there's a, another, the first part of Romans 12, um, where it talks about uh, laying aside every weight, every sin and every weight that easily besets us so that we can run this race. We're, we're running for Christ. Our life is, full, is supposed to be for Christ. And these things that weigh us down and that hold us back from running like we should, we're called to strip these things away and lay these things aside. If it gets in the way of me following Christ, do away with it. Absolutely. And, and, And through our suffering, that is also part of us being stripped of these things, um, that we thought we needed, that we see now that we don't need, um, and so remember, too, that that suffering that we go through is a gift of God. So, yeah, he's saying wherever you wherever your treasure is, there your heart is also. Right. And so let our treasure be Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we talked about um, dealing with anxiety by seeking his kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
Before that, we talked about dealing with things that I almost forgot what we talked about. In the yeah, so meditating, meditating and studying reading, the word, yeah. studying the word of God, mm-hmm. being thankful and praising mm-hmm. God, no matter the no matter the circumstance. And here's the last thing I would say: fellowship with other believers, mm. not just hang out. You know, it's good to hang out and have a good time, but again. Uh, uh, rather than just always hanging out and watching the game or having dinner, fellowship, mm. discuss the things of God, encourage each other in the word of God. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you, can you give an example of how that can help uh, with anxiety? Yeah. Uh, I think, um, uh, let me see. You know, th- maybe you're struggling with something. Mm. And you decide to hang out with a friend and you disclose what this burden is that you're struggling with. And then your friend is able to remind you of the word and truth of God that you're forgetting because you're so focused on your issues. Um, And they say, hey, uh, you know, everything is going to be okay because God's word says this Mm -hmm. or God's word says that. Mm -hmm. And they help to remind you and they say, this is what God's word says, but also let's pray. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So here it is, uh, praying and, and suppl- begging God, calling out to God for him to act on your behalf. Mm. Um, so you and this friend pray together. And continue in prayer, you know, and a a good friend, um, I find that, you know, it's really encouraging when I know that there's people that don't just pray for me in that instant, uh, but they continue to hold me up in prayer for what I'm going through. Um, But also Thanksgiving. And and I like verse 7, it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, the peace of God, like bringing these anxieties, bringing these cares to God, uh, casting these things upon him. And when you do that, the peace of God right. will surpass all understanding. Right. And and here's the thing. Sometimes that peace lasts for 30 minutes, depending on how, how big your, your struggle is. And you got to bring it back to him. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, I pray once. Right. And now I don't need to pray anymore. Right constantly be in prayer when right. you feel that thing creeping up when you feel that thing um starting to overwhelm you mm-hmm. go back to praying yeah. and that that's something that i have um but well, i'm gonna before i uh, convince that i mean when you talked about friend i was just thinking of how jonathan and david right and it says first samuel twenty three sixteen, and saul's son jonathan went to david at horus and helped him find strength in god I'm thinking about a good friend who goes and encourages you with God's word, prays with you, weeps with you. That that helps you so much to go through some toughest time of our lives. (laughs) Right. Right. And uh, and when it comes to the Philippians uh, and 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties in him for he cares for you. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because when I think about God, right, I mean, all sovereign God who is in control of everything, who 
spoke things into existence. That's how powerful he is, who is aware of every single details of history, present, and future. That God cares for me. And I can take my, all of my anxieties, from the smallest of my anxiety to the deepest sorrows of my life, I can take it to him. Mm. That's such comforting verse to me. So I can, I can go and pray to him. And, and, and when I think about who God is, it leads me to thank him, even in our, my suffering. And it leads me to intercede with him and put all my requests to him. And then it says the peace of God, right? I mean, that, that peace is not something that an unbeliever will understand. Only a believer can be rejoicing in the middle of a trial. I mean, how can Paul sing songs and praise God while he's in the jail, not knowing if he's going to survive tomorrow? And that's what the jailers and all the other people that were working in the prison saw. And they were like, why is this guy so much, why is there so much joy in this guy? Because he could cast all his anxieties in him, knowing that his Lord and Savior cares for him and what he has done for him. And so for me, that, that peace, like you mentioned, like you're, again, it might not last long, but it is available to us. For us believers, it is available to us. And, and, and you know, whenever it goes away, you can always go back. And the one thing also I want to end uh, this whole passage by thinking that nowhere over there it mentions that God is going to change our circumstance. He's going to change our suffering. He's not going to let us suffer. There's nowhere it mentions that. But what it mentions is that he's going to comfort us through his peace in the middle of our trial. Yeah, and I think in order to kind of add just a little bit more weight to understanding peace, um, you know, because peace is not peace is not the outward circumstances going the way that we want. Right. Really, the peace is Christ. Mm. Again, the peace is not our outward circumstances. Really, the peace is Christ. And so um, when we think about having peace, it's really because our, our focus and our, our, um, our thought life is, is on him. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we talk about uh, praying and casting our cares and bringing them to Christ, it's like, here it is, Christ. We're turning it over. I'm giving it to you. Your focus is on him, and your mind is stayed upon him, for he will keep you in perfect peace. Right. Your peace comes through Christ. The peace is Christ. Right. He is our peace. Right. Our peace with God and our peace in the midst of struggles. Right. So if you want peace, your mind needs to be focused on him. him absolutely so when those those worry and anxiety those anxious moments do come right like suppose suppose you're suffering through a sickness or or something tough has come that has led you that has uh, created a big threat in your life and you're anxious about it and and i got this from uh the movie american gospel and it has always stuck to my head and how you think about it how you, uh, what mindset you should go about in your anxious moments and over there i think it was matt chandler who said this like you know like while he was suffering from cancer he prayed to god saying like god you are able to heal my cancer you're powerful you are able to do this but then again he balances it by saying like not my will but let yours be done 
And so he's, he's reminding himself of what he knows about God, that God is powerful to heal. God is powerful to change our circumstance, but then also submit to his sovereign plan, like not my will, but yours be done. And I thought that's such a great way to an attitude to pray whenever you're in the middle of those suffering and middle of those anxious moments. Yeah. Turn that outcome, that imminent event, over to the will of God. Mm. Whatever it is, God, I still trust you. And I know that your plan is far better than what I can hope or think. Yeah. Um, so, again, meditate on God's word, read God's word and his promises. Thank and praise God in the midst of everything and fellowship with other believers. You got anything else to add? I think, I think that's good. All right, guys. Well, thank you, guys. I hope uh, this helps. And uh, hopefully in those anxious moments, you'll remember to seek God and his kingdom. And, and you will enjoy the peace of God that comes from when we put our trust in him, in Christ Jesus. I thank you for tuning with us. We will see you next week. conversation and you know it was, it was a good it, it, was a, it was a topic but at the same time it was also it sounded a bit more like we were having conversation yeah. and I'm gonna set up Instagram <laughs>